to uh, meet you and welcome you. I want you to turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, everyone, that's where we're going. And as you're turning there, I want to uh, also invite all the men. Let me invite all the men tomorrow night at 6.30. We are going to be gathering right here in the friendship room for a great, great night of ministry and some food and good fellowship. Uh, I believe every ministry in 2012 is advancing. I believe every ministry in 2012 is going to be growing. Men's ministry is in for a, a growth spurt. Women's ministry, Marissa, hear this today. Women's ministry is in for an in, infilling and a, uh, an infusion of God's spirit. And there, there be, there's going to be growth in our women's ministry. Missionettes, get this, Lee. Missionettes is going to be exploding in growth. And, and I'm not just talking numbers, but I'm talking there's going to be a spiritual depth to our missionettes and our girls' ministry. Same thing with rangers, John. Every ministry, refuge is about to advance and about to grow. Pastor Dave, Miss Sunny, our youth is about to have an explosion. Our children's ministry, all of this, I believe, in 2012, as we advance, as the Spirit of God impels us and prods us to advance. I've heard the Lord to call us to a place of healing and a, a place of retreat restoration. Last year was a year of restoration. The Lord said he was going to restore some things. Well, you've got to kind of retreat back and let the Lord restore and let the Lord heal. Let the Lord pour in the oil. But the healing has been completed to a large degree. We're healed enough to fight. We're healed enough to advance into what God is calling us to. And I want you to plug in this year like you have never plugged in before. Tonight is a special night. Does anybody know why? Come on, let me hear you say it out loud. Life groups are meeting for the second time. I'm excited to tell you that this is a huge success. And if you have not plugged in yet, there's time. Find one of our pastors, one of our board members. We want to get you plugged in because, church, the Lord has spoken to me. The Holy Spirit has already showed me as the pastor of this church where we are going. And so I'm calling you to advance. I'm calling you to move forward. But if you are, are back in the, in the fringes here and you're back in the restoration camp, in the restoration tent, and I've already cleared the tents out. I've already called everybody to the front line. Get into men's ministry. Get into women's ministry. Get into life groups. This is how we will grow and we will be properly prepared for the fight that is ahead of us because there is a fight. There is a war. And we're advancing into battle with no fear. Letting the commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus, lead us out in the battle. The battle is on. We're in the fight. Are you properly prepared? And do you have your weapons ready?
2 Corinthians 10, starting with verse number 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Father, we thank you now for your word. Your word is active, your word is living, and your word is able to transform and change us. And I pray, God, that as I present your word to this congregation, that changes would occur, Lord. Transform us today by the power of your love and by the power of your word. And we give you thanks for it, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Come on and say amen. Amen. The Apostle Paul makes it abundantly clear. The Apostle Paul makes it crystal clear. We are at war. Ready or not, the war is on. And like it or not, you're enlisted to fight in the war. You may be here today and saying, I don't remember signing up for that. I don't remember signing my name on the dotted line. I never went to the enlistment area and told them I wanted to join. But if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, is anybody here you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Come on and just lift your hand as a testimony right now. All right, then when you did that, you automatically signed up for the war. You don't get a say in it, and I'm I'm sorry to tell you that. It's not up for discussion today. You accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. You've decided to follow him and make him Lord. You're signed up to fight in the war. Are you prepared to fight in the war? Do you even know what your weapons are? I'm starting a series today that will take us, I believe, through the next eight weeks But I heard the Holy Spirit whisper something else in my ear and in my spirit on the first service. It might go nine weeks, I think, now. I don't know. I just want the Holy Spirit to lead us, church. Lead us. We will advance. We will go. We will fight. But lead us, God. I've led too many times and didn't have the right outcome, didn't have the proper results. But every time I follow the the Lord's leading, the Holy Ghost's leading, the Father's leading, I always end up where I'm supposed to to be, and the results are always what I'm supposed to have. Like it or not, you're in the war. You're enlisted to fight. But our battle is not a physical battle. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 12 says, For we do not wrestle or fight against flesh and blood. We fight and wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. We wrestle, we fight against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places or in the high places. Our battle is not carnal. It's not of the flesh. It's not a physical fight. Sometimes I almost wish it were. You could see the enemy. 
You could fight the enemy. You could get a literal weapon. How many would like to take a 12-gun to the devil every now and then? 12-gauge gun. Come on. Whatever. You pick your own weapon. But it's not like that. I wonder if God gave us eyes to see when we walked outside all that is unseen. Probably scare us to death. Because there's a whole lot going on in the spiritual realm. I'm not trying to be spooky. I'm not telling you a ghost story today. I'm telling you the truth today. I'm telling you what the Bible says today. Our battle isn't physical. It's not seen with the eyes, so it can't be fought with the, with the flesh. If our battle is not of the flesh, then our weapons cannot be of the flesh. If our battle is spiritual, our weapons must also be spiritual. How many are with me so far? You didn't get saved in your own ability. You couldn't work your way to salvation. You were never good enough to be saved. Right? The Bible's very clear. We were not saved of ourselves. We're saved by faith. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our weapons can't be fleshly. They can't be carnal. Let me just drop some ABCs of our spiritual warfare. First of all, the A of our ABCs. I think it's important in order to win the fight, you have to know who you're fighting against and what the enemy's weapons are. Let's look at the adversary's weapons. Some may be surprised to hear that there are weapons that the enemy has because we don't really think about that much. But Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And I don't know about you, but there's been more than one time that I've told the devil that scripture, and I've shouted, and I've stood on that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. Amen. And that's worth shouting about. That's worth standing on. That ought to be quoted. But I think we rush by it and we fail to realize that that suggests and that means there's a weapon that's being formed against me. I understand that we win. I understand we've written and uh, we've read the, the end of the book and we know the final outcome. But here we are today in the thick of things, in the middle of the fight. You need to realize there are weapons that are being formed with your name on them. There are weapons being designed right now in the enemy camp, in the enemy headquarters, and they have an assignment. It is your marriage. It is your children. It is your, it is your demise. 
There's a weapon that wants to completely annihilate you and destroy you. Do you understand that, young people? A weapon of the enemy. I found another portion of scripture in Ephesians. This is the portion of scripture that the Apostle Paul is encouraging the, the church of Ephesus to be properly prepared for the battle and properly dressed for the battle. He says in Ephesians 6, 16, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one or the adversary, the enemy. I've been hit a time or two with a weapon from the enemy. It didn't feel like a dart. It felt like a missile. I don't think we realize the severity of the enemy's weapons. There's weapons being formed try to bring your demise and your destruction. The thief, the enemy, the adversary, comes only but to steal, kill. There it is. How's he going to do that? With his weapons. What are his weapons, you may ask? I'm glad you asked. Galatians 5. <laughs> Look at this. Now this is, this is interesting to me. This is a list of the works of the flesh. Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. They're evident. They are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. In other words, there's a whole lot more that I should list. But he says, I've already told you before. Look, let me read on and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to make a disclaimer right here. I want to state something for the record. I do not believe that the enemy can force you or make you do anything. The enemy has no power except that he will tempt you and he will, he will come at you with his weapons. But you do not have to give in. He cannot make you lie. He cannot force you to steal or to kill. He cannot make you have an affair and commit adultery. He cannot do that. But if we do not fight with the weapons that God has for us, and the enemy succeeds with his weapons, the result is disaster. The result is the works of the flesh instead of the fruit of the Spirit. 
The result, if the enemy succeeds in his weapon of temptation, in his weapon of fear and doubt, the result is lust. We live in, it, it seems to me, the lust of our society has never been greater. Although, I say that, and then I'm immediately reminded of scriptural times, Bible times, Sodom and Gomorrah. The lust was so great, God destroyed the entire city. So it may have been worse before, but it's bad now. Let me just say it like that. People just given into their own lust. Whatever I want, I want. And what's mine is mine, and what's yours is mine. No rules. We'll just make our rules up as we go. The, the end result of lust is adultery and fornication and pornography and uncleanness and lewdness and lasciviousness, and the list goes on. If the enemy wins and he gets his way with his weapons, the result is idolatry. Now, some maybe breathed a sigh of relief right there, thinking, well, I don't have a, a statue of Buddha in my house, and so I think I'm safe. I don't offer fresh vegetables and fruit to this, to this statue on an ongoing basis, which we have so many, even in our community, that do that, folks. They have designated a portion of their home to a statue that can't ever hear them, let alone answer them, that is not alive and living and full of love. But look what they do. You may breathe a sigh of relief because you're not Buddhist or Hindu or, or something like that. But let me tell you something, folks. Idolatry is a whole lot more than that. Idolatry is anything that has priority over God, before God, or other than God. And I'm astounded at how many Christ followers have their priorities a little skewed. And other things take precedence and priority ahead of God. If the enemy wins with his weapons, this is the result. If the enemy wins with his weapons, sorcery is the result. Sorcery includes the occult, witchcraft, cults, and any false religion. We have become so used to false religion in our day that we've become a little bit uh, accommodating, I guess, to some. After all, our society preaches equality for all. We have to be socially accepted. Folks, Mormonism is a false religion. As well as Hindu and, and, and Buddhism, and I, I, I'm, I can't name them all. I don't have time to name them all. But I, I think it's important that I make this statement very clear. The Mormons are not our cousins. I, I, you'd be amazed at how many, how many so-called Christians think that Mormonism is just our distant cousin. 
And I, listen, we're to love all. But I think we're also to make it very plain, the truth. This is not a bash to anyone who's been caught up in this and deceived by it. This is one of love to make it clear. This is a false religion. And I, for one, let me step as far away from this pulpit as I can. I, for one, do not think that we should elect into the highest office of our land one who practices a false religion. Y'all can fill in the blank. What is the result of the enemy succeeding with his weapons? Hatred, contention, jealousy, anger, wrath, which leads to murder and rape. Selfish ambi ambition. Here's one we'll all have to fight. Selfish ambition. You were born selfish. And you'll probably go to your grave with a little bit of that it's still in you. We just have to fight against it and ask God to let our pride die. And let the Spirit of God produce in us the wonderful fruit of the Spirit. Gluttony. And I'm not just referring to food here, although I am referring to food here. We laugh, but this is one sin that Christians don't really want to face. Overeating, no control. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Get to the end. Thank you. Thank you. Come on now. And I'm, 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 I'm guilty. And I'm praying, God help me. Because I like to eat. I love food. How many love food? You know you love food. There's something that's your favorite. You don't think the enemy can use that as a tool and as a weapon? But it's not just food. It's, it's gluttony for just more, more of anything. We are a more society. I want what I want, and I want more of what I want, because what I want is really not enough. When it's really more than enough, or we didn't need it in the first place. Come on now. Greed. Power trip. Want position, want money. Here's another result if the enemy succeeds with his weapons. Murmuring and complaining. Gossip. That has destroyed more churches and has tried on more than one occasion to destroy this one. But the enemy, though he has weapons, I believe and I want to declare to you today is not going to win this particular battle. Come on now, somebody that's with me today. Because the enemy may have weapons, the adversary may have weapons, but I want to tell somebody today that we also have weapons. Let me talk to you just a minute about the believer's weapons. Our weapons, first of all, they're mighty. Can you bring up verse number four again? Yes, yes, yes. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, they're not physical, they're not carnal, but they are mighty. Hallelujah. 
We have might and strength and power with our weapons. As I said, I want to launch out into a series starting today. I'm just laying the groundwork. This is just the runway. We're going to take off in just a little bit. But let me tell you just a few of the weapons that I want to unfold to you and unpack to you and hopefully get you ready to fight with. We all have a weapon with us right now. In fact, it goes with us everywhere we go. Now, I didn't mean anything but love with that. I'm just showing you what the weapon is. Come on and show me your weapon. It's your tongue. You know your tongue is one of the most powerful weapons. Powerful, powerful weapon. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. My question for you next week will be, is this particular weapon in the hands of God or is it in the hands of the enemy? Well, let me go on. Here's another powerful, powerful weapon that will always bring walls down, will always cause rivers to part. It's your praise. Hallelujah. Praise is a powerful, powerful weapon. Praise can still rout the enemy. Praise will still give us the victory. Using praise in 2012 as a weapon. The enemy can't stand your praise. And the enemy can't fight against your praise. Praise will give you the victory. Praise will cause you to conquer. Praise will cause you to win. The name of Jesus is another powerful, powerful weapon. The Bible says that he has given us the name that is above every name. Salvation occurs at the name of Jesus. Bodies are healed at the name of Jesus. Prison doors fling open at the name of Jesus. Here's another powerful weapon that we're going to talk about in a few weeks. It's prayer. You ever thought about winning the war on your knees, on your face, without ever really raising a sword, but just fighting in prayer? Prayer is a powerful, powerful weapon. We're going to talk about this. It's a mighty weapon. Here's another, here's another powerful, powerful weapon that we know of, but we are going to talk more about it. It is the Word of God. How many have your sword here today? Come on and hold that up. Come on, shake your, shake, shake your sword, shake your Bible today. The most powerful book you'll ever read, the most powerful book you'll ever hold, the most powerful book you'll ever hear, the most powerful book that you'll ever lay your eyes on. It is the Word of God. It's inspired by God. It's alive and living. It is a weapon in the hand of the believer. Here's a weapon that I don't think many people think of it as a weapon. It's giving. I'm praying even now, this is several weeks out that I'll get to this one, but I'm praying already that the Holy Spirit would till the ground so we would truly receive this one. Because what if this is the year that your giving turns everything around for you and actually breaks the back of poverty, breaks the cycle of, of lack? I believe giving can do that. And I believe giving can be a weapon in the hand of God and the weapon for the believer of God. 
And finally, well, I thought it was finally. I think there's going to be another one, but I don't even know the name of that one yet. So I'll just give you what the Holy Spirit's given me so far. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the weapon that I'm speaking of now. The greatest gift next to Jesus ever given by God was the gift of his spirit. He said, don't fret, don't worry, don't get, don't get anxious. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going to give you a gift. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when they gathered in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, it says that the Holy Spirit came and they received power. We're going to talk about this as a weapon. Our weapons are mighty. Amen? But our weapons must be in God. Would you bring up verse number four for me one more time? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Why don't you underline that if you've got a pen? Because they have to remain in God. In your own ability, there's no strength. There's no, there's no power. There's no potency. But in God, the weapons of our warfare are mighty. Not in ourselves. We weren't saved in our own strength. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We weren't saved in our own strength. We can't win the fight with our own weapons. Fight with the weapons that God has for you. The spiritual weapons that God has for us, church. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Bring that up for me one more time. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I wonder if there's anyone here today that's actually ready to fight and ready to conquer in the battle. You see, the C of my ABCs of the weapons of our warfare is all about conquering. Conquering with weapons. Winning with weapons. Weapons are worthless unless we use them. And when we use them, for all those who were sleeping, I apologize. Somebody just got the Holy Ghost right there. <laughs> Woo! Hey! <laughs> Somebody just started speaking in tongues right there. <laughs> just so everybody's clear, this is a cap gun. <laughs> we do not have to do any repairs on the ceiling later. I'm just trying to get your attention to make a point today. You know what? It's a single shot, too, so I don't have the... I can't even fire another one, even if I wanted to right now. But this is worthless unless I take it in hand. It would never have fired the cap to get your attention unless I, unless I took it in hand. It had the potential 
It had the potency. It was ready. But unless I went and got it, oh, come on, somebody's got to get this today. Then it's worthless. It is useless. I've read Ephesians 6 many times. I've preached from this a number of times. But I want you to see something that I saw fresh and anew. In order to use the weapons, we've got to take them up. Take them in hand. Ephesians 6, 11, he says, put on the whole armor of God. My, my Bible is already, already marked in Ephesians 6. But I had to grab a pen and mark it some more because I saw something fresh. I underline, put on. I encourage you to do the same. Borrow a pen from somebody real quick and underline, put on. If you have a highlighter, highlight that. Circle that. Point arrows to it. Put on. Then it goes on in verse number 16. Above all, taking. Can we bring that up? Look at this. Taking the shield of faith. If you read on in verse number 17, it says, take the helmet of salvation. Take the sword of the Spirit. Here's the key. The vital part that we miss. We don't take up the weapons that God has given us. Take them into hand. They're already ready. It's the latest and greatest from God. It is state-of-the-art, cutting-edge, right from heaven to us. But if we don't take it up, Take it in hand. It's just going to lay there. And it will do us no good. It will be useless. It will be worthless. But if we take up the weapon, we win. We win. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, there are three areas of victory that I saw. First of all, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. What for? For the pulling down of strongholds. There we go. Pulling down the strongholds. There are so many strongholds in the lives of believers. Strongholds in the marriage. Strongholds in the finances. So many have strongholds in their finances that it messes everything else up in their life. It blurs everything else up. How about we take the weapons that God gives us this year and we pull down the strongholds in our lives. Strongholds with your children. and with, It's a distraction. Children are, 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 are living out the, a way that they shouldn't and it distracts you. It's a stronghold. Time to take up weapons, church. Take up the weapons of your warfare that are mighty as long as they're in God and pull down the strongholds. It also says in verse number 5, Casting down arguments and every high thing that, exalt, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I'm not really one into arguments. I'm not, I don't like to argue. It just creates something inside of me, an anxiety in me. I don't mind discussing and having a good heart-to-heart, -heart, but I don't want to argue. 
There are some folks, their whole life is just filled with that spirit of an argumentative uh, life. And every high thing that exalts itself against God. It's time to take up our weapons and see this area of victory as well. The, one, the, the last one that I saw, let me read on in verse number 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity mm, 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 to the obedience of Christ. And folks, here it is. Because this is the battleground. This is the real battleground. It's your mind. Your mind is the battleground. And so if we can think about taking these thoughts captive, the enemy comes and he has his weapon and he's going to plant the thought, Ron, into your mind, first of all. He can't make you do anything, but he can plant the seed and plant the thought. But if you will wrestle the, the, the gun out of his hand and say, oh, no, you didn't. I'm not your captive. You're my captive. See, he wants to hold us captive. He wants to bind us. He wants to imprison us. So he plants these thoughts. The sin isn't in the thought. The sin is dwelling on the thought and not getting rid of the thought. Because we'll all, we'll all think things every day that we probably shouldn't think and we didn't even know where it came from. I mean, you can't even drive down the highway and they've got all kinds of stuff on billboards. You can't thumb through a magazine. You can't even, you can't look anywhere. And there's thoughts being planted in the hearts and in the minds of every believer. The thought's going to come. Does the thought have to stay? In fact, it can't stay. You've got to take the weapons that God has given you and tell the enemy, you are not taking me captive, I'm taking you captive. Taking every thought into captivity. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all acts of disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And there's the word of God for you today. The fight is on. The battle is raging. You're enlisted. Like it or not. The weapons are available. Fully loaded. Ready for battle. Are you ready to fight? bow your heads all over this room. Let me first of all, I want to find if there is maybe even just one here today. You're not in the fight because you're not in the family. I believe the Holy Spirit has brought to this place every man and every woman, every student that's here. And if 
you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to God and accepted his gift of everlasting life by accepting his son, Jesus. I would like nothing more than to pray with you today. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. You see, the Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So if you're here today and you're ready to surrender your heart and your life to God and accept everlasting life by accepting Jesus, I want you to lift your hand and put it right back down and let me pray for you today. Thank you. Is there anyone else? If you want to accept God's gift of everlasting life, accept Jesus. Ask him to be your savior, forgive you of wrong, forgive you of sin. Lift your hand now. If you have raised your hand or need to raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to take a very courageous step. I want you to move from where you are and come and meet me here at this altar. Let us pray with you. Pastor Moses is going to lead us in this chorus. And as he does, if you have lifted your hand or you need to and you want to accept Jesus, I want you to come at this time. in the war, ready to take up the weapons that God has for them, I want to invite you to stand at this time. Our God say, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power. for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? God is for us, then who could ever stop us? If our God is with us, then what can stand against? What can stand against? It's nice to know that nothing can stand against us when we have God. He has the weapon, he gives us the weapons to use, and I'm excited about this series. 
excited about the weapons we get to use against the enemy to advance the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for this great time. We thank you, God, that you are doing a mighty work in this church. And God, that we are going to advance this year, that we are going to move forward. And God, that we are in the fight, but we're not in it alone, God. We're in it with you. And that you will give us the weapons, God, that we need to conquer, Father. We thank you for that promise. God, we give you praise. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me remind you real quick about life groups tonight. Get there, get plugged in. It's going to be a great, great year. God bless everyone.